Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 257, hunt, 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 recording this live Sunday afternoon, November 1st, 2015. That is, what is it we call this, Daylight Savings Time Day or yes. Fall Back? Fall back, yes. We get an extra hour of sleep. Today is a 25-hour day. Unbelievable as it may be. I don't know what to do with that extra hour. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My name. Apparently, we're Rob. doing a podcast. Well, hey, that, this is like it never happened, right? Yeah. This is like a bonus podcast. So I'm saying my name is Rob Woodbridge from FOCO.co, F-O-K-O.co, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, in his usual spot. Yeah, at home, Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto, and uh, yeah, and just uh, you know, home for the quick cup of coffee and uh, back on the road tomorrow. So yeah, where are you going tomorrow? San Francisco. Oh, Khan, yeah. you that sucks. Yeah, I hate San Francisco. Uh, I like it. It's alright. It's better than uh, Vegas. Well, you know what? I don't know. Vegas is warm. San Francisco. What has San Francisco really got, right? Yeah. Like aside from all the startups in the world, all the innovation, all the great ideas, if you listen to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got, yeah, I don't know. Ocean. Mountains. I'm reading a great book called Pacific. Like, okay. And it is all about the Pacific Ocean. It is by Simon Winchester, the guy who did Krakatoa. And this is a follow-up to his other book. Can you guess what it's called? Atlantic. Okay, right. there you <laughs> right. go. Atlantic. So I'm learning a lot about the Pacific Ocean, folks. It's a fascinating body of water. It is where pretty much where the origins of life happen. Anyways, it's it's I, I highly recommend it. I'm almost done. Yeah. It's it's been fascinating. They talk about San Francisco. Anyway, just that you're going to be right there. So go and touch the Pacific. Ocean. I'll, I'll I'll touch it for you. Yeah, please, please. It's been a while. So, Con, uh, San Francisco. Uh, you were in uh, as you said, you you were in Vegas, and then you were in Atlanta. What were you doing out there? I was in Vegas for Money 2020, the, the biggest payments conference on the planet. Uh, 10,000 plus people uh, were there. We had a fantastic session um, and, uh, you know, full house basically. And uh, it, it, was, it was very good. It was uh, very, uh, I, I measure, you know, sessions uh, based on interactivity with the audience. And there were a lot of questions. So it was good. Um, that means people were paying attention. It was the end of the day on, on the final day. So uh, I was happy that. Uh, we still had people around and paying attention, so it was good. It was um, uh, a busy time. I also ran into Scott Gamble, who you might know at uh, Mobius Digital. He had a great panel uh, on payments and commerce uh, with Lane Bryant and Sephora and some great brands on it. And I actually uh, invited him to just take that whole panel and bring it right to Retail Local for South by. So we'll see up, if we can make that happen. Because uh, I thought it was pretty fantastic uh, discussion that was going on there as well. So good time at, um, in Las Vegas, and then jumped over to Atlanta for the Mobility Live event, um, where we did a panel with uh, with Skyhook and uh, some other great folks uh, that were there, Gimbal and 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 um, uh, Millennial Media. And uh, again, another really good discussion. And uh, another firm, um, of course, the name's going to escape me right now. Um, I can't think of it for the life of me, but basically a retail design firm, experienced design firm that uh, is focused on emotional factors and human factors and how technology and, and plays together with that. So really, really cool stuff that they're doing. Probably somebody that FOCO should be talking to. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll dig up the card and, uh, and introduce you, Rob. But um, yeah, uh, some good stuff going on there in Atlanta as well. And uh, and uh, I just wish I, I could have gotten there uh, a day earlier to uh, to participate in the full the full experience, but uh, good events, and then I'm off 
early in the morning again tomorrow to San Francisco, as I just said, uh, for Advantage Geomarketing, which is the Burrell Conference. This is a full-day uh, event all about location, everything to do with location. You know, all the biggest players uh, in the industry will be there and participating, so excited about that. Obviously, most of those people are LVMA members, so chance to catch up with all of them is uh, is never a bad thing. Uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll be there and then heading over to New York um, for the second half of the week and uh, doing a um, conference called the Business Optimization Summit, which is focused on consumer goods and marketing uh, and just basically ad spend optimization. So um, that will be interesting as well. And then, so that's all week. You're gone all week again. I'm gone all week again. I'm in the middle of the uh, all week uh, uh, disappearance act. So I'm, uh, and then uh, home for, um, uh, let's see, I get home Friday night, home Saturday, leave Sunday again for uh, for Charleston. Um, really? And I'm down, down there for a few days. This is a completely different thing, though. Uh, I'm down there because there's an event called the uh, Association Executive uh, Exchange. And so this is a, I actually get to be on the other side where vendors are pitching industry associations on all their services. So I'm the buyer. That's cool. That's different, yeah. That's cool. So you get to see what it's like to be pitched incessantly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, you're going down there to be pitched incessantly of your own free will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a brave man. We'll see how it goes. You are it's, a brave uh, man. Well, yeah. I, I've got all, I, you know, the only thing that I am doing this entire coming weekend, so that would be, uh, when is that, 7th and 8th? Yeah. 6th, 7th, 8th, and 8th of uh, November is, I'm, uh, I, I do this once a year. There are two organizations that I am faithful to that I would do work for when it comes to uh, hosting an event. One of them is, of course, Retail Loco uh, and the LBMA. And the other one is a small little group out of Ottawa that started, this is the sixth year that they've done it. This is it, basically, um, it is a, uh, a user experience, a UX conference. And it just started off as basically a UX camp. And I did this the first time. Um, it was number two that I started, and it was just out of out of a classroom on a Saturday afternoon at the University of Ottawa. And there may have been forty people in the room, classroom seating, that whole nine yards. And uh, and last year I did it, the the fifth anniversary of it. So four years into me doing this as the MC. Um, and, and there were 550 people that took up the Museum of Civilization auditorium at the Museum of Civilization in beautiful downtown Gatineau. Um, and uh, and this year, uh, I get to do it again, all over again. This is uh, once a year. I can't believe how quickly it comes by. It's the 7th and 8th of, of November. It's at Can Canucks Conf. I, I, it's really great. Can UX, but Canucks, because we're Canadian. CanucksConf.org. And this is now uh, being basically listed as one of the top three UX events to go and go to in North America. And I'm very excited because the content awesome. is absolutely staggeringly amazing. And in fact, you know, uh, you, I don't know if you've heard of Aaron uh, Draplin, uh, who's this world-renowned designer, and he's going to be there. He's coming up from... T it's just... It, the people that they get are astounding, so I'm very excited about doing that. That's the 7th and 8th. Unfortunately, I'm telling you this, but if you want a ticket, it's too bad. You're SOL because it, it sells out in a minute every year. 550 people, and uh, I get to be on stage and uh, and have a conversation with those guys. It's a great community, so that's what I go. get to do. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. That's that's my that's my week, and it's a weekend to boot. So Even it, better. Yeah, it goes it goes over well. Household, you know. <laughs> well, I only got one other thing before we jump into this. Uh, yeah. So when I was down in Atlanta, uh, one of the first things that happened to me was this guy came up to me. Um, his name is Kwame Ofori. Um, Kwame! And he's, 
Hey, uh, hey, Asif, just wanted to introduce myself and say, you know, I love the podcast you and Rob do every week. Uh, it's amazing. I learned so much from it. Um, so, Kwame, we love you. You know, virtual hug from Rob and I right now. I know I gave you, you know, a high five while we were down there. But, you know, um, you know, if you're watching this podcast and you come across us in person, you know, don't feel afraid, uh, afraid to come say hello. That's right. Uh, we, love, we love that. Oh, and, and second thing, sorry. Um, I, I did get a message from SoundPays this week, um, who we talked about last week on the show, and <laughs> yes. uh, I did not uh, run into them at Money 2020 uh, like I had suggested, but they did reach out to me, and they are based here in Toronto, so we are going to try and get together on probably three weeks from now when I'm actually in town um, for more than uh, you know six hours. And uh, yeah, and, and we'll get caught up and we'll see what's going on. You know, it's, I, was, I was waiting for the, uh, and, and they've served us with a cease and desist order. <laughs> because every time, yeah. every time we say something that's negative about, about companies, I mean, some of them are just blatantly bad. Right, we've seen some, and, and and I don't know that I think that we were we were neutral on on those guys, but kind of like why would we want to do it? But yeah. um, the real the real thing that now I'm very nervous about saying things. It's ridiculous. This is a little podcast. We're not broadcast on national television, but I can't believe we've had those people that have just taken it to yeah. the extreme. Hey, instead of reaching out and having a conversation and coming onto the show, they send their stupid lawyers after us and say, "Hey, cease and desist, or we'll take you down." And the world would be lesser without the podcast there you go. this week in location-based marketing. Anyhow, all right. Well, I uh, yeah. Well, this is a this is a good show. Then uh, I, I don't think that there's any, too much negative. Um, no. And there wasn't that much fallout from from last week, so that's good. No. That's great. It's all good. So we, we've got uh, obviously five uh, five our top five stories of the week from the industry. Then you've got your top member news and uh, something that you guys, you and Turnstyle, the LBMA and Turnstyle put together. It's a white paper called "Navigating Location-Based Marketing." Uh, catchy title. Catchy. I just got it. Deceive. Catchy title. Catchy title. Um, yeah. And so what, what, you want to kick it off? Should we kick this off? Got yeah, anything else it. to say? No baseball talk because who gives a damn? No baseball. Well, kind of. In the middle of the stories, you can talk baseball. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Story number three. You're going to stick around for that. Yeah. It will not be a long conversation No. about the World Series. but Josh Donaldson did win the Hank Aaron Award, though. That's right. That's right. And, oh, by the way, you did lose your GM. Yes, there is that. Yeah. But we won't talk about this. No. On, on to the stories. He just mortgaged the future of the Blue Jays for this yeah. season and, and then quit. It's okay, though. All right, here we go. Top five stories of the week starts with fashion. Fashion. As you can tell, I am like the, the bastion of fashion. If you're watching this video, I like a hoodie and a white shirt. Fashion to me. <laughs> fashion. But uh, we're talking about Tommy Hilfiger and virtual reality. Finally, the two have collided. Fashion and virtual reality. Something that you've obviously been waiting for your entire life, just like me. This is actually, they are introducing in some of their top stores in the US and Europe, virtual reality headsets, VR headsets, Samsung Gear VR headsets, so that you can actually participate in the fall fashion show. That means you can sit front row next to the celebrities. You can sit backstage watching the models get dressed. No, you can't do that, but you can watch them getting prepared or right backstage as they're getting on the stage with these beautiful fashion things that people want to buy for some reason, right off the rack. So they actually allow you to do that and you can sit and be a part of it from inside the store. It's interesting to me that they're doing this because we all know that the retail industry is in this state of, uh, I, I don't even know, 
uh, not failure, but retail industry is in, in a tumultuous environment right now because people are buying so much stuff online. They're buying it from around the world and brands are eroding, right? The, the value mm -hmm. of brands are eroding, except for those that, that go to, uh, you know, that higher end brands, I think, are sticking around. But Tommy Hilfiger fits marginally there, I, I suppose. But this was, uh, so they, they hope that this combats the, the e-commerce space. And wh what did he say here? He said that, uh, this is the uh, CEO of Tommy Hilfiger, who said, basically, uh, yeah, his name is Daniel Greider, and he said that this is no longer about uh, square foot, dollar for square foot value when it comes to retail. It's it's not about turnover by square foot anymore. It's about surprise by square foot or newness. And he calls this retailtainment. All of these things I'm throwing at you, it just seems a little crazy. They actually hired a Netherlands-based startup called We Make VR that filmed the uh, fashion show using a 3D camera fitted with uh, 14 special lenses. And those lenses allowed them to capture video in 360 degrees, both vertically and horizontally, with no blind spots. So you can really get immersive in this. I think uh, I read also in the Wall Street Journal, or the New York Times article on this, that said that they were renting this. Right, so it's weird. They said that the Tommy Hilfiger began renting out its Fifth Avenue store and uh, these headsets inside the Fifth Avenue store in New York, and that's an odd thing to do. Mm. But I don't know, Asif, that this is the savior. I don't think that virtual reality for me is the savior of any industry at all, except for maybe barf bags. It'll bring them back. Um, but I just I don't see virtual yeah, reality. Yeah, I, I don't see this. I mean, I okay, I, I can see using you know the chance, for example, to go into a store. To sit and watch the fashion show, yeah, as a way to drive traffic to the store, um, you sure. know, and maybe pe while people are there, they're going to buy stuff. So that I completely get. Um, I think it's it's a neat way to kind of drive drive people there. It's an event. If it you, is. If you set it up as an event, hey, you know, you can't get to the actual fashion show, or you can't you can't get you know, there's not enough tickets, or it's too expensive, or whatever. Hey, come into the store, and you can you can watch it, you know, using VR. Live. I, I think that's fantastic, and that makes makes a ton of sense to me. But you know, renting these things out, no, I don't get that. I don't get that. Um, well, they also say that uh, they basically said that they compared it to three D. His three D cinema was a trick and a gimmick. And uh, hey, listen, but VR can be relevant. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. This and, is and I would go further to say, if they have a loyalty program, this is the kind of reward. Yes. That I would offer, like you know, to my my top you know tier people, to say, hey, you know, you because you're you spend a lot of money with us, come on in, you get to be have a front seat, you know, to the fashion show over VR. I think that kind of stuff makes sense. So yeah, yeah. I, I just I think that that there's there's a, a rush to VR. I think that we're going to wake up a year from now and say, why were we like the same people that bought those stupid 3D television sets, right? They're like, what? What did I do? Did I get drunk one day and buy this? What was I an idiot? Yeah. And I think that with VR, it's going to be the same thing, especially for this instance. However. I believe that there's a marketplace for VR, like concerts and maybe fashion shows like this. But uh, I, I don't know that that eventually that the store becomes a destination just for VR. I think that there's you, I, I read somewhere here that was just like that was killer for me was what he said. Oh, I got to find it here because it's just crazy. It was in the New York Times article that said basically the days of hello and how are you are gone. Right. <laughs> Like, so the greeting at the store, the human aspect of the store are gone and we're replaced with techno a technological gimmick wow. called virtual That's reality. Scary. That's frightening. Don't follow yeah. that. Higher customer service, higher customer contact, but without being creepy, not VR and somebody else. Like, no. imagine that putting somebody else's like sweat and crap all over your face. And, uh, okay. Uh, anyways, so that's the first story.
Uh, it, was, I, it wasn't bad, but I don't think it was, it's a future it, retail. There's some good elements there. Yeah. All right, second story. Uh, this is over to the UK now. Uh, in, uh, a company called E-Geo. It's, it's spelled double E-Geo, uh, as you might expect. They have offices in Dundee, uh, Scotland, and, and London, the UK. And uh, this is a 3D mapping company, and they've launched uh, an interesting uh, platform. Just ca- it's called the EGO platform, and uh, this is a powerful piece of software. So this is something that um, allows you to visualize complex data sets on a geospatially accurate representation of both the interior and exterior world. So this is all about 3D mapping. And they say, they claim, um, I haven't seen this yet, uh, but they claim they have mapped out to date the entire United States, Britain, Canada, and Japan uh, with, this, uh, with this 3D mapping. And so the key here, I, I think, is you know, detailed 3D visualizations of, of, of everything. Um, the fact that it's both indoor and outdoor, I think, is, is very interesting. Um, and so in some ways, they're going after you know, the work that, uh, that Google's been doing with indoor mapping. Um, you know, obviously, they already have Street View and so on, but uh, they've been trying to push into the indoor space. And these guys look like they're already there. Uh, to some extent, and they've got, and, and they say they can. Uh, where did I read this? Um, they can build a whole country. Uh, a, a mapping of an entire country is typically carried out uh, in a matter of weeks hmm. uh, to, uh, to build this cloud-based mapping system. So it's a powerful uh, piece of software. And uh, there you go. Now available to uh, to all. Uh, e G O double E G E O. Uh, e G O. E G O. And it's available. Uh, there's a, an app, the concept app, available for both Android and iOS, and like I said, it's all a cloud-based uh, system. So take a look at that. Just just a couple of weeks. That's cool. EGO, EGO. All right, our third story involves Major League Baseball. Oh, we're coming down to the end of the season. This is always the saddest time, Asif. Right? Just the <laughs> saddest time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is, though, for me. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, so my Jays are out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Toronto FC is done. Yeah, the Argos are are falling apart. Oh, right the Leafs, now. the Leafs stink. And the Leafs, I like, I can't even. I, I mean, like, I'm a huge <laughs> Leafs fan. Like, I have a Toronto Maple Leafs license plate on my car. Yeah, it's sad. And I cannot bring myself to watch this. Like, like, like they they've won one game out of out of ten. Mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. It's it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's not, this is this this is this is going to be the the year of futility. This maybe is, the Raptors will will, will be the the, wow. the the lone you know competitive team. I'm not even like I'm not saying they're winning anything, but no, at least they'll be in it. This is a sad time. Like the euphoria of Jay's fever, um, has, you know, has been transposed over to Kansas City and to New York, right? Well, you you've yeah. got the only way to get tickets now for the World Series is to spend thousands of yeah. dollars, thousands of dollars. I know. I know your plight. I mean, I, I can't get into baseball either, right? Or uh, into hockey right now. I mean, no, that's all we got here. No, can't do it. Hockey for me starts in February. Anyway. But if you use Snapchat, maybe you can. Well, I, I think that this is the thing: is that the tickets are so exclusive these days for the World Series. Like, I, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, like, imagine, I see you trying to get a baseball t- uh, a ticket to uh, a baseball game for the Jays in August and September and October was next to impossible, right? It was just crazy. Like, you had to go to Baltimore to get a ticket to the Jays game. <laughs> Um, 
so this is this is what's happening right now is that it's such an exclusive spot to be when you're in the stadium for the baseball for for a World Series game. So w- why not add a little bit more exclusivity to that? And that's what Snapchat has done. These we talked about these these geo filters before, right? When it was from an advertising standpoint, when you were in a Target, maybe they would put a Target uh, geo like because you're in Target, you would get a Target wallpaper. Your photo would be wrapped around the Target wallpaper by by the Target wallpaper. So now they've done it for for baseball and Major League Sports. In fact, some hockey games some football games, some basketball games, but really it's about the World Series because it's already so exclusive. Now they put a geofence around the stadiums and when you're at the stadium itself, it will send with your permission a photo, whatever photo it is that you're sending through through uh, through Snapchat, it'll put a filter on it saying that you're there. So it might have like the score, it, it'll have the teams that are playing, it'll have something around that, the weather, whatever it might be, but it's only available to those people that are in the stadium. So not only did you spend a crap load of money for the tickets and you're taking so many Instagram photos and Facebook photos and you're tweeting like hell to say, listen, it's no longer a humble bragging. It's total outright bragging when you're at a World Series game when you're, when you're there. And I'm okay with that because it's a, a life event. But now yeah. you can add Snapchat to that, which is a Snapchat filter that says, hey, suckers, I'm here. You're not. This is one piece of exclusivity. And I I, I don't mind this. I, I think this is great. Because if you think of some of the examples that we've seen, it's you could be at a hockey game and it'll tell you the score at that moment. So you take a photo, there's the score. In the baseball, there's the score. So I, I'm, I'm okay with this. I think this is a pretty smart way of doing it. Extends the brand, extends the exclusivity, and, uh, and makes the person who sends it want to send more and more and more and brag more and more and more. Right? I think it's smart. Very yep. smart. I think so. So they're geo filters for the World Series. So you ha- the only way you can send them is if you are in the stadium at the game. Ah, that's a level of exclusivity that is only for the rich. There you go. All right. Mm -hmm. Over to uh, Italy now. So wait, what I was going to ask before you go to Italy is that, um, so there's probably no way that we'll see a geofilter from you from like the ACC watching a Leafs game? No, not happening. (laughs) Not happening. Not happening. I love it. Uh, not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. You could be yeah. there for one of their ten wins this season, though. Is he? Yeah. If, if there's anything coming from the ACC, it's got nothing to do with the Leafs. <laughs> All right. I can sure. tell you that. It's probably like Marvel Universe Live or something. Which was amazing, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, carry on. Um, Off yeah. To Italy. So over to Italy. Our fourth story is about a company called Tagalo. It's spelled T-A-G-G-A-L-O. And this is a company that spun off of the uh, Inter- Italian National Research Council, actually. Um, and they've launched a, an interesting little device. Uh, it's an all-in-one beacon, Wi-Fi, video, and analytics package, all packed into one little piece of hardware. So unlike a lot of the beacon things that we've been talking about lately that are just a beacon or just a Wi-Fi router or just a whatever, this thing has cu- kind of got everything packed into it, including video and facial recognition. Uh, software that's uh, that can estimate, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's entering the store can estimate their age or their ethnicity or their gender, uh, and catalog all that information for the uh, for the business owner um, to analyze uh, for determining how they want to use that in campaigns or in addition to tracking uh, that the Wi-Fi and the beacons allow you to do. So very very powerful piece of hardware. So it's the first time I've seen, anyways, an all-in-one. Uh, piece of hardware that, that blends not just Wi-Fi and beacons, we've seen that before, but video analytics and facial recognition all in a one little square about this big. Um, pretty nice stuff. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, Moore's Law getting more and more and more and more and more transistors jammed into and, and f- features and functions jammed into one tiny little device. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so there you go. Take a look at that. Tagalo, T-A-G-G-A-L-O uh, out of Italy. 
Well. All right, our last story before we jump into our resource and member news. Uh, this, I'm sometimes so ecstatic about technologies and sometimes I'm so negative about this kind of technology, which is, it's a company called SoChat. And they allow you to use Bluetooth to text anyone that is nearby. I think it's between 250 or 150 and 200 feet, depending on how, uh, how open the space is. So you can text anyone, strangers, just using Bluetooth which I think is, you might think I think it's stupid, but the more and more I think about it, I think it's absolutely, it's very interesting, this technology. And it's not interesting because we've seen companies like Highlight and all those other companies that tried to do this, that mm -hmm. hit a peak and then failed. But these guys, I, I just think that somewhere along the line, somebody's going to hit something that does something that creates that mesh networks that disrupts carriers because we all hate the carriers, right? We, now we're at a point where I don't use the phone anymore. Nobody does. So it's all about data. And if there's a way to leverage the, the ability to, to go person to person across an entire network of Bluetooth devices, I think that that would be amazing. And there's so much conversation around Apple trying to start their own carrier. When I look at this and I think that Apple just automatically enable Bluetooth, put so buy SoChat and stick that technology into a, native into every device. And then all of a sudden you've got this massive mesh network of devices that communicate without data uh, costs or coverage or without charges, right? So it doesn't use Wi-Fi, it doesn't use cellular, it just uses Bluetooth. This is the guy who started this. His name is Lukens Orthween, Orthwine. So terrible. I mean, butchering of names. But he used to work for WeChat uh, and uh, and helped internationalize it and grow it. And so he started this about a year ago. He's raised two million dollars, which is part of the uh, announcement that that, this, that drew our attention to this. And and I just I, I think that this is a fascinating thing that they can do if they could just God if they could just get somebody's got to get scale. Somebody's got to be able to get yeah. traction. And on, honestly, I see if I believe that it's going to take one of the one of the big guys. It's going to take Samsung or it's going to take um, Apple. To to embed this kind of technology right into their device and then all of a sudden carriers will die carriers go down in flames and because I, I i love this kind of stuff and i think about working with teams because that's what we do at foco it's kind of retail teams this kind of technology everybody's worried about asking their employees to use their own data services mm -hmm. um for for apps that are business related so here's a way that if you want to communicate which is what foco does be able to do that with with a technology that doesn't rely on Wi-Fi or doesn't rely on uh, cell service. I think that this this would be a very amazing thing to to, to have. It's, so it's a powerful piece of technology. And um, yeah, by the way, they also raised two million bucks uh, to fund this thing in the by last, big guys uh, like Greylock and Slow Ventures and Betaworks and like Steve Sanofsky and recent Horowitz. Yeah. So, so I, like I, I think that. Something's got to happen here, and uh, and for me, this is this is one of those things where um, e even a we the WeChat creator Alan Zhang uh, invested in these guys, but I, I think that it, it just needs scale. It needs it needs to be. Yeah, a part it, of it reminds me of kind of you know the early days of uh, you know what was to become uh, BlackBerry Messenger. Yeah. Um, you know, and the power of that platform as as a way to communicate with other people on the BlackBerry network. They were ahead uh, of everybody as a, as a private network. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this is. Uh, I would. I would like to see this. The the problem I always have with any of these services is that I, I download the app, I boot it up, and there's not a soul in Ottawa that's using them. Yeah. So uh, you know, I was surprised. In fact, when I downloaded that um, that weather app, the weather that, yeah. that there was maybe two or three other people in in not in in the city, but in surrounding cities that 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 had it. So nobody else in the city. But this would be one of those things where I'd walk in and it would be like I'd be talking to myself like I usually am. 
<laughs> but if you if you're interested in this, this is this is neat. And um, uh, go to uh, SoChat.com. S O chat.com and it's available for android and ios there you oh. go. all right Very that's cool. it so those right. are those are the top um, five stories uh Steve, you sat down you you guys you worked with turnstile on a, on a white paper and that's our resource it's called navigating location yeah it's a it's a pretty cool little paper uh a nice little tight t- tight little paper on uh uh, indoor positioning primarily uh, talks uh, wider about the location-based marketing uh, space and ecosystem, but uh, there is a section there that kind of contrasts some of the indoor technologies and, and the opportunities between uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all that sort of stuff. So take a look at it. Uh, it's available already up on the LVMA's research uh, page um, and, um, yeah, navigating uh, location-based marketing. I like it. I guess it is a tight little page, like including the conclusion. It's 11 pages. Yeah, it's a quick little read, but it's got some powerful data in there. So read it. Yeah. TheLBMA.com forward slash research is the first thing. It's the first thing there. First thing there. All right, man. All right. All right, so now member news, buddy. I, I'm, here's, here's, a, uh, here's a PSA for those that are members of the LBMA. How many members do you have now? Uh, almost 1,200. 12 freaking hundred members. 1,200 members, and we have five items. Five. Yeah. Five. Well, there's probably more, but uh, you know, you got to limit it. You, you got to limit it, but but you've got to reach out to a thief. You don't yeah. you, you don't do Let that. Let us know. You're not a part of this, right? We're not hunting for it. You got to bring it. You got to mm-hmm. be bringing it to a thief so that he can put it in this category. This okay? is true. Bring it, please. So yeah. if you have if you're a member and you have some news, and by news it's not like you know hey you know we did this little tiny thing. It's big news. Big news. We want big news. Big to news. Up the industry. So, like like big like you're going to space kind of news. Big like you're going to space. By like the way, Lowe's? I remember the name of that company now, Rob. Okay. Uh, the design company in Atlanta. Yes. It's called Max Media. Nice. Um, and uh, it's a company you're going to want to talk to about um, blending technology in store with these uh, human factors pieces. Uh, they're doing some great work. So uh, Max Media, Ed King is the guy. Ed. Um, and uh, folks, you, you should check. You should check these guys out. Right. Uh, I wrote it down. All right. So, right. uh, Lowe's so, is going to space. Yeah, let's go to space. So Lowe's, uh, you know, the, the big uh, home uh, renovation uh, hardware, whatever you want to call them, company these days, uh, they're opening a hardware store in space, sort of. Um, so Lowe's is, is taking 3D printing technology to the space station. Um, and so the idea here is starting next year, astronauts will be able to print, 3D print Lowe's branded tools like ratchets and bolts. Uh, it's it's a printer that's meant to to save cool. room um, in, in space by not having to have all these tools already up there uh, taking up space, and uh, they just print what they need when they need it. That uh, is cool, um, and it, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's the it's the first three D printer in space. They're claiming uh, they are testing this also in a San Francisco storefront right now uh, with an exact copy of, of this that that the average consumer can see, and. Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. So, you know, if, if they need a bolt, they can print a bolt. If they need a, something else, they can do this. And they've already got one in a San Francisco store right now um, that uh, a guy apparently came in with a World War II era bicycle and a broken spoke on this bicycle. And he just put it into the, the, the machine and it made a new spoke for him. And, and away you go. This this World War II bike could, 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 could ride again. So, um, you know, it, it's pretty powerful stuff when you think about it that way. So 3D printing in space, uh, I think amazing amazing you know, it, it's great because uh i saw this great post from chris hadfield who is a canadian hero i don't know if yep. you've heard of this guy chris hadfield i have oh yeah he only commanded the international space station only canadian 
And he was also, I think, the great first... Great musician. Yeah. It's a pretty... Like, top of the world, right? Yeah. Um, and a great musician, exactly. But he, he posted something. So this maybe re replaces this. He posted a picture of some gum, which is called, in space, emergency adhesive, which is chewing gum. He says, uh, astronaut chewing gum, also good for plugging meteorite punctures in the hull. Which, so now they can 3D print instead of having to chew gum. Nice. Nice. All right. Sorry. Nice. I just thought anytime I get the uh, opportunity to bring up Chris Hadfield, who is a Canadian hero. He's awesome. He is. He, he is. He should be prime minister, but he will be, <laughs> he will, he will be next right after Trudeau. All yeah. right. Back, back to your story. Okay. Sorry. All I right. So our second story uh, over to Chicago uh, where Sears uh, is, is based. Uh, Sears has launched an interesting new program uh, that is really about blending online and offline. We've been talking about this a lot lately. Uh, with a program they call Meet an Expert. And this is focused on Sears' business around appliances. Uh, still a very, very big business uh, for Sears. Probably one of the only businesses that's still big for Sears. I don't know. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that kind of stuff out loud, but uh, that's what I was thinking. So there it is. Um, so here you are. If uh, Like you know, uh, like car shopping or appliances, you know, any, any of these kind of big ticket items, uh, people tend to do their research online first before they go to a store. And Sears anticipates this, and they figure people will be going to Sears.com, and they'll be checking things out. And um, so they've set up this new service where um, you can book uh, an appointment. Once you've done your research, you can book an appointment in-store with, with an associate uh, that you can actually go and, and, and speak to and, and, um, and do this. So it's you know basically... Uh, you book associate, uh, they, they call you to set up an, an in-store visit um, and they can go into more details obviously and show you the appliances and so on after you've done you know, your initial research online. Interesting, kind of, I think, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I can, you know, normally you know, when I'm car shopping, uh, I just kind of do my research and then I choose the brand and I go to the dealership and there's usually 17 sales guys standing around uh, with nobody to talk to and it's pretty easy. but. Um, I, you know, I have walked around in appliance departments before and I think it's a little, a little understaffed. So maybe, uh, this, this does make sense. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I, I do like the idea of kind of trying, the premise of trying to blend the online research activity that goes on in this space with a store visit. Um, and I think that makes sense. So kudos to Sears for trying this with the meet and expert program. All right. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that other than there's not much more to say. No, it's like a it's a once every eight year purchase. So I don't think that you're you're banking. Anyway, I, that's all I got to say is that no. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Our third story uh, over to uh, Atlanta, kinda um, where I was this week. Uh, IBM has made uh, announced plans to acquire the Weather Channel's digital digital business, all of their web properties and their digital business, their mobile business. This is a huge acquisition. Uh, we know how powerful the Weather Channel's app is. It's probably one of the most downloaded apps in the country. And uh, there, there's no exact numbers on this. Uh, Wall Street Journal is reporting this to be valued at more than $2 billion, this acquisition. Um, so this is huge. And uh, according to IBM, uh, this, I'll, I'll read exactly from what they say here. It says, uh, the Weather Channel digital businesses will extend... Uh, Big Blue's Watson Internet of Things unit um, and uh, adding to the company's commitment to invest $3 billion in the initiative. Uh, so this is all about big data. This is all about, uh, you know, reaching consumers and connecting everything. And we know how important weather data is uh, to all of that, uh, to industries like retail and airlines and transportation. And so the I IBM wants to be a, uh, a major player in that, a major cog in, in, in all of that uh, data and, and uh, who's going to have access to it. So... 
powerful uh, acquisition, I think, here. We'll see how it plays out. It's, uh, it will take some time to get through uh, competition channels and all the usual things that, uh, with a big, uh, two big companies like this, but uh, potentially a $2 billion acquisition by IBM of the, of the weather uh, channel. Sorry, the weather company, weather channel, the TV station will remain separate. They're, they're carving that piece out. Because there's a future in TV. There's a future in TV. <laughs> Screw this mobile and digital yeah, stuff. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. We're going TV, all in. Mm -hmm. It's like that commercial that you yeah. always play at the beginning of your presentations with the encyclopedias. We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two more quick pieces of member news. This one, uh, our good friends at ThinkNear, uh, we, you know, we all know ThinkNear. Love them. Uh, Love them to well, these, ThinkNear has announced a new product. It's called GeoVideo. And so... We know that the growth of video has been huge, uh, consumption of video has been huge in mobile, uh, but uh, it's been very difficult for brands, for advertisers who use video and who want to use video to be able to properly target the right video at the right time based on location. So enter now ThinkNear's GeoVideo, which is basically coupling their targeting, their location-based targeting uh, platform with uh, video uh, platforms. Powerful. I mean, this makes perfect sense to me. I don't know why somebody hasn't done this before. Uh, but here you go. Thinknear is doing this, um, and and they they've got an interesting number in here from Cisco's latest mobile forecast. Fifty five percent of mobile data usage by the end of uh, this year is uh, is video. It's huge, right? So now you can take your video advertisers and target it uh, to the right people at the right place and time using Geo Video. I can't say anything more else about that. No, I love I love Thinknear. We 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 have a like I have a man crush on Thinknear. Yeah, we all do. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 a great company. All right, last one, Facebook. Rob loves these guys. Facebook, Facebook. <laughs> yes, Facebook has added a new tab, uh, which is a location-based notification tab. Uh, if you've got the Facebook app on Android or iOS, now you can get notifications at a whole different level. Uh, these include um, things like, uh, where'd it go? Ah, I lost it now. Weather, nearby restaurants, uh, you know, anything like that that's location-based, now those things can pop up uh, in a Facebook uh, specified tab. And you have, like you always do with Facebook, a lot of granular control over configuring what you want to see by location or not want to see by location. So, uh, But obviously embracing the power of location and giving you the notifications that you want when you want them. Facebook. Facebook. All right, well, those are the uh, top five member news. You know, it's it's subtle, hey? These guys change their uh, all of their privacy statements and settings and give you granularity, but they introduce them, and then they say, okay, by the way, it's up to you to be able to turn that off. And, and you know, it just reminds me that, that nothing is set in stone. No. So all the guys that were... That that uh, you, you know talked about shielding your privacy and hey say like even like when we talk about say Snapchat right uh, and Snapchat just came out at the end of last week with a brand new modification to their privacy policy and Snapchat was known because of of the ephemeral uh, state right is that when you took a photo with Snapchat it disappeared so nobody could could keep it and there was no there was no storing of the photos and they just came out with this great modification to their uh, user agreement that says this, and I quote, 
You grant Snapchat a worldwide, perpetual, royalty-free, sub-licensable, and transferable license to host, store, use, display, reproduce, modify, adapt, edit, publish, create derivative works from, publicly perform, broadcast, distribute, syndicate, promote, exhibit, and publicly display that content in any form and in any and all media or distribution methods. That's in the terms of service wow. now of, of Snapchat. So your privacy, what they're saying is, boing, you don't have any. You have zero privacy. So we have Crazy. the right and the privilege to use your content at any given point in any way we choose. And that is what you have to sign in order to be able to use their service. That's an updated terms of service and privacy policy. Unbelievable that they just think that this is something that's good. Right? But as Robert Scoble said about this, is that people will just continue to use it. Why? Because they're not concerned. Yeah, exactly. But it, this is a There's, significant change. You get more value out of it than you are worried about, you know, all this other stuff. So it, it's... Uh, it's crazy. But but it yeah. just should, like the reason I bring that up is that, you, you know, as we move into this contextually aware world, slowly, painfully, is that you just have to be aware of your rights. And and when, you, when Facebook starts adding location-based notifications around there, is that you have the ability... You have to be able to decide what the balance yeah. between the information you give up versus the information that you get or the value you get from that information. So you should just be aware of those things. Yeah. Yeah. On a happier note. Yes, sir. At least for me. Um, one of the announcements that w that came out at Money 2020 this week for us Canadians. Yes. If you have an American Express Which card. Which I do not. By the end of the year, I do. By the end of the year, uh, we will have Apple Pay in this country. So there you go. Why American Express? I don't know, was but it, it works for me. I got American Express. It's good. Yeah, but did anybody talk about that? Well, I, so uh, I, I was over uh, with, with some uh, some friends yesterday, and uh, one of these guys, he, he works for uh, TD Bank, mm -hmm. who does not is not an issuer of American Express, and he was like, "Yep, you know, we're we're just not doing this. We're not into it." Uh, and it's the, it's the banks that are, are are holding it up. Oh, great! Right. Um, it's it, it, literally it's it's the banks that are the ones that are slowing down the adoption, you know, on the other cards, the other programs. So it's um, stupid yeah. Canadian banks. That's all I got to say. Stupid yeah. Canadian banks. So, but but there's got to be some independent guys, like uh, you know, like um, who are they? The uh, what are the what's in your wallet? Who are those guys? Uh, ING. I like ING. Those guys, or yeah. or even like um, there's something else now though. Didn't they get acquired? I forgot. Yeah, but but even like uh, Capital One, right? Those guys yeah. should be all over this because they're Mastercard guys, and and I think that yeah, American Express, it's non-existent in Canada, like except for a thief. Thief <laughs> and nine for, other people yeah. have American Express cards. Yeah. Don't leave home without it. Yeah, I'm disappointed right. in that. I'm very disappointed in that. It'll grow though. What'll happen is, is people will start using it, like the six of us who are on American Express, and then, and then they'll, you know, they'll see the demand, and then everybody will fall in line. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. And, you know, it blew my mind. Like when I was down at Money Twenty Twenty this week, everywhere I went, everywhere, yeah. like I hopped in a cab, every single ta taxi in Las Vegas accepted Android Pay. Yeah. Every single one. That's nuts. Um, you know, every I walked around the exhibit hall. I mean, remember this is a ten thousand person conference. There were six hundred exhibitors, right? Every single one of them. You know what the giveaways were this year? Like drop your card in the bowl giveaways. It was all Apple watches. Every single one. There was nothing else. It was Apple watches everywhere I went. Yeah. Right, because it's all and this these are payments companies, right? Yeah. That are getting behind yeah. Apple Pay. It has to um, be. So it's coming. You know, uh, when you see uh, point of sale, I'm interested in this. When you go around, and, and you go around, like you travel the world, um, 
you know, when you stop in stores or little places, do you what what POS do you see when it comes to payments? Is it Square? Is it? Uh, I mean, even uh, Shopify has a POS. Do you ever? I don't see Square a lot. You don't. It, right? It's still old school. Uh, you know, bank uh, credit Cash card rich? based. Oh, really? You know, uh, pro NCR mostly. Yeah, it's all NCR. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I see Square in taxi cabs. Yeah, that's where I see Square. Yeah, and and uh, craft shows. Yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. Damn yeah. It. Yeah, cabs and, and craft craft fairs. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm interested in that, and I'd love to hear from anybody out there. Like, what do you see out there when you walk into? You know, I'm not talking about. I mean, even artisanal shops, right? So small shops, um, small chains. Like, what what POS are you seeing out there? Because because Square's about to go public, right? And uh, but it's there now, Rob. I mean, everywhere I go here, like yeah. today, I went out and uh, I was out for lunch. Uh, I went to uh, a couple retail stores, and all three cases, um, I use tap to pay. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, so I, everywhere I go, I mean, grocery debit stores, card, yeah. tap. Yes, yeah. tap. Right. So it, it's not a big leap for them to switch no. that over to my phone or my whatever. Well, I, I mean, I'm a Loblaws shopper. Loblaws is a big chain up here, a grocery yeah. chain up here in Canada, and uh, it's all tap. It's all tap, and, yeah. and everywhere it's tap. Um, except for my pizza place. It's so convenient. I know. It's, I don't know what I used to do. It was archaic to yeah, slip a card in there. That. Oh, yeah. My kids love it, right? Yeah. They know how to spend now. It just makes it easy to spend money. Yeah, it's good. All right. Well, I can't wait till, for Apple Pay, but I'm not going to get an American Express card just to get Apple Pay. I'm no. disappointed with that. Don't do it. Yeah. And you know what But I really want to do is I, I, up here in Canada, we are a debit society, right? We use debit cards everywhere. Yeah. Interact everywhere. No cash. I would love it, love it if the next announcement came from Apple that they were tying into the Interact network so that you could do debit payments from Apple. That'd be Pay. huge. That would be killer. It would be killer, man. Yeah. You would you would open what, up the market yeah, to I the mean, world. But all they really need to do is say whatever card you've got associated with your iTunes account is yeah. the one we'll take. Yeah, so I don't know what you've they, got in there. Why don't they do that? I, I, I have... So, because I have my debit card associated with it, so it's a, it's well. A, then it, then that, that's what they need to do. Scotiabank Visa. Hey, whatever you've already got in there, we support it. I know that's crazy because we didn't even talk about the biggest announcement in this. What I think is a big announcement in pay was that uh, was that uh, Amazon is now doing Amazon yep. Pay across all of the across network, other right? networks. So they're they're because they got two hundred million credit cards on file right now. So Amazon has just now moved moved very squarely, and at the same time, they've dumped all of their kind of Shopify store esque kind of things, right? So they're really focusing on the payment world, which is, I guess, where the money is in in, in transactions. Crazy, jeez! Right. It's a whole conversation just on pay. There you go, guys. You got a whole bonus story there on, on payments. Payments. So that's it. You're heading out to SFO and then New York City, and we'll be back. Uh, we're going to have to arrange another time because I'm going to be at this conference, Canux, Canux, yep. conference um, next weekend. So, But you can rest assured that we will bring you episode number 258 without fail. Maybe a Monday night show. We'll do that. Get Here her done. done. That is it. Asif, unless you want to continue this conversation. I'm anyway, good. You don't want to talk about the Leafs? No. All right. Sweet. This is going to be Not a happy. great winter. It's going to be a nice leafless winter. How's that? Whew. Oh, I was out raking leaves, and that's the only place yeah, that I did we'll that see too. them. Yeah. All right, folks, this has been 257. We will be back, of course, for 258. Have a safe week, a safe, safe travels, my friend. We'll see you all next week. Later. <laughs>